Hello and welcome to the another episode of Beyond the Score podcast. Uh, that brings you the views of opinions of those in the news. Brought to you by Kenlaw. I'm your host Ashish Negi. Our guest today has been involved with stunting the foundation of Indian sports for many years. He has held high position in reputed entities like Manchester United Soccer School and former I League outfit Mumbai FC. More recently, he has played a key role in shaping the excellent work work across a number of development initiative of Tata Steel. Cutting across the several sports, including the well-known Tata Football Academy, it's a warm welcome to Jamshedpur FC CEO Mukul Chaudhary. Hi, Mukul. How are you doing? I'm great, Ashish. Thanks for having me here. It's really wonderful to see you after a long time. Yeah. So you have been involved with Jamshedpur FC, Tata Football uh, FC, but let's talk about something. You know, uh, establishment of Jamshedpur FC. What was the motivation, vision, and goal of Tata Group? You know, uh, we usually. heard in past that they wanted to involve in grassroots football what change uh, what changed their heart uh, what think what came in indian football which uh, forced them to change their heart and move into the professional football setup so uh, honestly uh, we were watching how sport the sport was evolving and uh, we have been in the sport for quite some time tata football academy itself is basically over 30 years old and we actually bought a super soccer uh, which was uh, almost uh, more than 35 years old it is the 1984 that we got super soccer series in india which was the best of uh, europe and latin american teams when they came here and played in india uh, right from bokum to sao paulo and over it was just great so that was our legacy in fact uh, we have a league that we run here which is sponsored or rather completely run by tata steel which is 75 years old which is the local football league uh, called jamshedpur uh, jsa league it's called jamshedpur sporting associations league that's 75 years old i think it's one of the oldest league so that's our passion and love for the sport and that's the legacy as far as i'm concerned of jamshedpur and football per se uh, we were there in tfa we used to play second division first division if you remember sorry second division at that point of time and then in 2006 we also qualified for the first division but yeah. i think the management took a conscious decision then to stay and work for, focus on development and that was critical i think that was a very right decision then and uh, as you may know tfa today has produced over 150 plus uh, national team players i don't think you can match the statistics with anybody else and our 24 of them actually have in various occasions have captained the country so you are talking about statistics which are very very different uh, cut to jamshedpur fc in 2017 uh, i came here to actually manage tfa and that's when uh, at that point of time it happened so that you know uh, there was no Air about uh, getting into the club business. Though we were looking at uh, exploring getting into second division for exposure sake for our cadets, but then when we were seeing the ISL, it actually was ISL and the way the Indian football has matured, we thought it was the right time to step in. And that's where the senior leadership in Tatars have actually uh, stepped in and said, "Hey, let's launch a club now." I think football needs this boost. At the same time, the ecosystem that you have back in Jamshedpur will only complement this. So I think that's how the decision to move into commercial side of football, which we were never in, happened in 2017. You talked about the legacy of Tata Football Academy. You know, there are various academies which have come in Indian football since Tata Football Academy was born, basically, and. nobody with their even how much money they have put, put in nobody has matched that legacy you know and people respect that fact you know they, when they talk about football academy in india i think everybody will say tata football academy you know as for and i think for the young footballers whoever i spoke to in say 5 or 6 7 years down the line they have dream of you know when will the tfa trials will happen you know we want to go there so let's talk about tfa first you know uh, can you 
we all heard the story of you know ratan tata and everybody getting involved they wanted to do something for a sport jamshedpur is a you know a uh, city which loves sports especially football and you know, we all remember tfa games getting good crowd so can you tell us about how this academy got you know uh, into the mainstream uh, business of grassroots development and the you know you developed of indian in indian football and the how the evolution of academy happens over the year Right, right, right. So as I mentioned, typically we were very serious. Whatever we do in terms of excellence, we were very uh, serious about it. And uh, just to share with you, typically wherever Tata Steel has got involved into sports and they work towards excellence, it is basically to attain excellence and to peak the way we want it. Uh, we don't compromise on that. Even when uh, there was not much of attraction as far as football was concerned at that point of time, we didn't have so much of viewership and stuff. We still had foreign partners. Be it uh, the Kolan University, be it uh, so many other universities, uh, we have had attachment with Sao Paulo at that some point of time. We had uh, uh, Sheffield United as our partner yeah. way back in 2010 and otherwise. So we were working towards excellence, looking for knowledge partners who could help us get better. And uh, trust me, all this was completely with the intention to better the standards of Indian football, and uh, nothing to do with commercials. You know that you know there's there was no. Uh, fees that one would get from transfer and otherwise it was just the very much the pride in terms of creating an excellent cadet or uh, an athlete and putting him down there where he can perform at the highest level and that's why you, you see Udanta and so many other players Shubhrata Paul and so many others right now as we speak there are 28 uh, TFA graduates who are playing in ISL and many more in I League so this is the kind of number which currently is playing and you know we are very very proud of all these shining examples that are there uh, TFA of course has evolved. Right now we have a Atletico de Madrid who's also a partner. We have a full-time uh, pro-license coach who's the head coach of this uh, academy right now, guiding us in terms of getting better in terms of how this youth system can actually evolve into what we see back in Europe. Because we're very keen to see to it that now that we are into com- commercial side of the sport, uh, you, it makes that much more sense to have. Uh, a partner who can help you evolve to that level where you can produce your own players and have them play and so much more that uh, you could actually try to see if you could do something with the local players because it is a transition it's some time of progression that you need and that development part would take 10 to 12 years of all you know because you have to start working on the 7 year olds 8 year olds today to get them to the level when they become 18 or 19 that's when they will be actually playing for your city and uh, you know there's no bigger pride than playing for your own city and representing you so you know we are getting to that level and for that we needed a partner who could actually help us get there and uh, we had evaluated many but we thought atletico had the kind of uh, uh, basically the kind of infrastructure and the support that because we saw them grow they have 80 odd teams in the youth system which i think is unparalleled uh, to any other system back in europe so you know we thought it would be good and that's how tfa has always been focused on development and uh, now that we are taking grassroots is because because tfa was more of a national football finishing school so you had uh, talents from all over the country one was not really looking at just this part okay now we are focusing more on our city and trying to get there with you know therefore the grassroots program so you can have a good supply chain so to say for uh, players who would create uh, locally of course it will take time it, uh, to get there but it's a distance that we will cover in short while okay so uh bukul you're speaking about you know sefer united i remember udanta kuman going to uk uh, i think for a good training exercise and i i watched those fo- photos when udanta has a long hairs you know and we, as a football fans that time udanta was coming up for india under 16 was doing so well and we were so you know excited for him and i'm sure that 
he has made his journey now playing for national team playing for bangalore fc one of the main player of the national team so how pride tata group takes in the tata football academy you know and uh, and how this evolution has happened since it came you know now it's one of the biggest granary of indian football so as a, as a group you know uh, say for example who are sitting on top not on the sports but who are taking care of the traditional business how pride they take on this it's uh, i'll tell you i don't think it's a bigger honor uh, for us and even uh, for the players and cadets and we respect them so much we have uh, i think ashish sunday you should visit uh, jamshedpur and you'll see that we have a role of honor where we display all the athletes that we have supported who worked with us in fact in tfa please staff uh, ask me in particular we have their photographs and their names on the wall so whenever these boys come they actually take pictures you know all these things are there and i for example whenever we uh, there's a home game in jamshedpur i would invite my players who are ex tfa cadets the, after the match the next day because before the match it's not allowed to mingle but after the match the next day morning it's a tradition now that last 2 3 years i will call all of them so there'll be reno anto coming there'll be uh, cabra coming everybody coming they'll be sitting there and chatting with the um, tfa cadets they'll be rushing to the room there's nostalgia you can see all of that in this boys eyes you know because and every team wherever who would come here i would basically have my ex cadets being called over they have a small dialogue with our kids we have a session in fact uh, sunil chetri is also uh, basically been kind to come once and we you know along with kabra and udanta and everybody they were sitting together and chatting with the boys telling them how to grow what have they been through when they were the, the, the journey when they were and uh, we are extremely proud so we have uh, in fact every year when the uh, when the teams are complete we put up all the pictures of all the boys who are there in tf who ex tfa cadets on a big flex in tfa saying these are the boys across various teams but they are all our boys and you know they have all grown here less like you and this is a big inspiration for all the boys in tfa right now so we have 40 odd cadets who regularly see them day in and day out it's there in the there in the lobby you know that's how that's that's how we upheld them and so hold them up you know we have, we're very 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 proud of them and uh, whether they play for jfc or not they are still a tfa boy who's grown here and we have contributed to his growth so that's uh, more than that we feel that we are just good, happy that they are playing at the level and they have managed to reach the level that we expected them to so we are just happy tfa was founded in 1987 is 33 years since tata football academy has been giving footballers to indian football team or now you are uh, speaking about you know uh, talking to ex uh, graduates or graduates who come playing i am sure every icl team will have somebody from tata football academy playing uh, for them and then then you can do the same exercise with every isl team that tells the volume of the work tfa has done so my next question about tfa only you know so we all remember early earlier tfa used to have trials of 15 year old 16 year old so how this have changed are you uh, moving that bracket to say 10 11 or 8 or 9 or have you evolved this thing around you know uh, for the local people in jamshedpur or local players in jamshedpur who might be not part of the academy setup but they are training with tfa so tell us right. something about this you know which has not come out uh, outside since you guys doing this i think i remember right right so this has started uh, more uh, effectively in last 2 3 years though we were doing uh, we had our feeder centers before and stuff like that but with jamshedpur fc coming in this became a more serious business so to say at the same time the focus on uh, local players and uh, so you uh, for infrastructure purpose you can't have so many residential programs so you have non residential program for the local players here whom you are trying to develop so we have 
players right from the age of 6 right now or maybe 5 at some stage and they regularly train with us then you have a proper jfc under 10 team then you have under 12 team under 13 team under 14 team and then if you under 15 you get uh, for J- tfa you have a program for 4 years which is basically for under 16 and under 18 boys and that continues the way it is so now you're creating something which could be you know more like a backward integration where you are getting all these grassroots players to now develop to a level where they can be the probables for tfa at some stage so that's how one is now working on the grassroots in the local region while we will always be going out and looking for players like we do in various uh, footballing pockets be it kerala be it, we have players from jammu and kashmir just name it and all the fifth, almost 15 16 states we have players coming from that may still continue but our idea now is to see to it that we have more of local talent which can come and you know play for the city and uh, therefore the grassroots program and uh, we have engaged a lot of qualified coaches in fact uh, we invested quite a bit in invested is in time and energies in terms of creating coaches here because what we realized what though we had lot of children you need professional coaches to train them you need good teachers and if you don't have that at the grassroots level it may not help you the way it is it might just be training uh, you need them to do more of a scientific delivery so that they become what you want them to become so that's how it's been now so now also they have a pathway you know not just earlier they used to be graduate from tata program then go to the i league other i league or other isl clubs now they have their own club you know and uh, it might be pride feeling for these youngsters go on to represent their you know club who are based out in their own locality so other than jamshedpur what are the plan for the state overall you know uh, for jamshedpur fc for tata football uh, academy also not just jamshedpur for state you know we know that state as a ample amount of talent you know and raw talent course, it's not about course, the uh, technical talent but raw physicality of the players is different compared to other parts of india so what about uh, for the state it is it is it is so we are doing lot uh, we work very closely with the state association in fact uh, all the tournaments that we conduct everything that we do here for example i'll tell you even for girls football women's football per se we i think among we are among the very few states in the country who might be having a women's league so to say in the state which we have started so we had good participation for that and we have been seeing the results we right now in under the in the probables for under 17 world cup we have almost eight all probables from jamshedpur so jharkhand alone yeah. that's a big that's a big number for one state to contribute and i think the state is doing a fantastic job and i think again together it will make a big difference i think this overall um, you know i would say that you know it's more like a catalyst that you work on you basically have a good aspiration that you create through jfc and you basically have everybody getting engaged in the, the game uh, trying to be there and you know uh, it's more about uh, creating that aspiration and therefore the engagement that would happen in the sport and i i see those effects happening very rapidly across this country and sorry across the state per se and i'm sure that you know we with all the clubs doing whatever activity that they are doing in their particular region the entire state uh, country would get ignited as far as football is concerned i think this is the big next big thing to happen to india yeah and you know um, we hope that uh, also the under 17 world cup women's world cup is coming on as you touch upon that and the, the, for that world cup the camp is happening in jamshedpur of course because there lots of yeah. girls are from jamshedpur so yeah have decided to host the camp in Jams- uh, in jharkhand only and that's a good for a state like jharkhand you know to contribute at the international stage now not just in national stage so let's now from keeping tata football academy aside of course we can't keep it aside with the legacy and history of it but let's move towards jamshedpur fc uh, what are the challenges of operating a football club you know and uh, you might have a chat with the management who is here for years 
managing TFA, what difference they have felt between you know managing academy structure and managing managing Jamshedpur FC, and is there any pressure? Is there is some pressure uh, on the uh, on the people who managing football club compared to academy? Uh, not really. Only thing is the operations is very very different. Fortunately for me, I had worked in both the setups before, so one knew about how uh, academy would or school would work, or rather, you know how basically when you are doing it for the larger good, where you are training people for uh, reaching the highest level. So as far as excellence is concerned, but at the same time, when it comes to club, it's very different. It's basically very focused. You uh, you mean pure business, and therefore performance really really matters. Not that it doesn't matter when you're doing it with academies, but uh, here basically everything counts. At the same time, every time you lose a game, win a game, it has its implication. But more importantly, I think because of the kind of legacy that uh, Jamshedpur and Tata Steel has, uh, the understanding of the sport was not so difficult. It was not uh, something that you have to. Uh, drive it down in terms of saying, "Hey, uh, so the, the if you ask me, the relative challenges were not there. But management is very forthcoming. The kind of infrastructure one has developed that only goes to say talk about the commitment and the uh, how how skewed they are towards the sport to have it developed. I don't think anybody else would have invested so much in uh, the infrastructure per se, though we had our existing infrastructure in terms of getting a." The kind of ground that we have here in JID Sports Complex, the exact replica I have it. For the for the senior team for the practice pitch, now not many do that. You know, you actually uh, your practice pitch is not mostly the level that you would do with with the senior senior team. Uh, sorry, the main pitch. But we have done exactly that. Even the accommodation that we have for the players is just out of the world. It's basically they and the entire campus is close knit. And trust me, it was a different setup once upon a time. We had to raise a lot of houses to bring up the ground. But just that we wanted everything in one place, like the gym, the swimming pool, and everything in one campus. We had to realign the whole thing, and trust me, all of this was done in less than a year's time. Yeah. And that speed and that whole uh, putting that entire block together is not an easy task. One is about thinking and having that vision that I would want to do good things, and secondly, actually getting on the ground and doing it. And uh, I think you uh, give that, uh, this. This is only Tata Steel can do this. You know, it's something that you basically feel amazed about. In fact, uh, Steve Koppel was the coach then, and he used to monitor it because we started the work at that point of time. And he said, "Mukul, I want just visit the site once." And uh, I said, "Let's go." He said, "Do you think when will it be ready?" So I was very confident because I've been speaking to the manager and say another three months it would be ready. And he said, "I doubt it would be ready." So <laughs> he asked me. Uh, I said, "Yeah, maybe you know." But uh, the thing is, we are working towards it, and that's how it is. So one was being polite and telling him that you know, uh, there is good work that is being done. One evening he planned to go there, and he saw people again. And uh, then he, I was the city is very small, so I was in TFA, and he said, "Let's uh, visit." And so he asked me how many people are working. I said, "There are four hundred people working right now on the site." He said, "Four hundred." I said, "Yeah," and they work round the clock. They work in two shifts. Night, of course, they sleep, but there are two shifts that they work on, and the work goes on till nine, nine thirty in the night. And that's how we are because we are very committed that we deliver this in three months. And that's the commitment the club and the company shows. And I don't see that. And he was amazed, and he actually congratulated us once it was done. And he said, "I thought it would never happen." And with his experience and with his background, the person of his stature saying that, I think it was a big plus for us. And whoever has been to Jamshedpur and saw our infrastructure is really amazed. In fact, that's one reason why most of the players also come here because we're actually helping them. This, uh, in terms of, if you have a good infrastructure to practice, it reduces the injury and many other things, and it could help you be a better player. So, from that perspective, you ask me, uh, 
for every player, it's an aspiration to come here. Right from uh, Gurpreet has mentioned that there are many foreign players who, whenever the interviews have mentioned the kind of infrastructure that we have for Jamshedpur, and even Owen, when I was speaking to him, this was the biggest pitch for him. I was saying that you know you have your own ground, you have your own people, you decide when to do your practice, you have lights, so you can decide you want. It's completely at your disposal. So if you want to do a good job in football, you can't get better place than this, and that's what you know. That's what works for us. And uh, so, talking, yeah, talking about this, you're not renting anything out, you know, every club talk about building stadium in future and nobody knows that Jamshedpur FC has their own stadium and say own pitches, own facilities, you know, and you're already there, I think uh, on the infrastructure wise. And I hope that going at Jamshedpur FC will also get into the Asian competition. And I'm sure the licensing part will be easier for you guys compared to the other people in the league because you already have that infrastructure owned by the club. You know, uh, not by yeah. any, uh, any other party or renting it out. So that will help you going ahead on the AFC licensing also. No AFC licensing, of course. See, the thing is, you know, like when we were at Mumbai FC, also we could uh, we had done a licensing bit then. So one is very much aware of the process. At the same time, infrastructure is just one bit of it. There's yeah. a lot of other things, and we were among the or among the five clubs who actually complied to it last year. Yeah. And uh, which is something which we would continue because this yeah. is something that as far as compliance is con- concerned, we, I don't think we'll falter anywhere. Yeah, because infrastructure wise, it is easy for you guys, you know, but that's already true. in place, you know, and uh, Tata has true, been true, working true. on that for a while. So let's talk about something about first season, you know, going back, signing Subroto Paul, uh, uh, one of the biggest graduate of the academy, has done everything in his life for various clubs, for national team. I remember that performance in Asia Cup 2011 uh, when even Australian and uh, South Korean player was shocked uh, by seeing the level of his performance. How important was his signing, you know, to bring him home? They say, you know, to bring him home. So to bring Subrotopal home in the first first campaign. And what were the challenges, you know, to start the uh, club in the league? Not talking about the uh, uh, management side, but the playing-wise, coaches, player, gathering everything. How tough was that and what was the importance of Subrotopal signing? So yeah, it is always tough. And that point of time, we were just about getting ready. The first year was uh, not so easy, but uh, we had the capabilities in terms of getting there. So though we had the stadium, there's a lot of correction one had to do because it was not meant for football, so to say. Though we were footballers played there, you had to change the entire pitch and you had very little time. You basically had, you started your work in sometime in June, July, and you had to finish it by October. So it was too small a span uh, for you to put together many, many, many things. And then you had a draft, player draft. So see, player draft in a way was a plus. I think I thank ISL for it. So you had everybody on the level playing field, so to say. Uh, Though pricing was very different, but it was typically something that, you know, putting all the clubs on the uh, level playing field and we pick your players. And for me, uh, we were very clear when I was with uh, Steve and Steve was very clear. We were actually, our thoughts were sinking as far as how we are going to build a team. And we said, we'll build a team from behind. We want our defense to be set. And that's how we will build it up and uh, then go upwards. So that's how we started planning it. And therefore, Shubrato Paul, in fact, uh, when we picked up the players, we, if you remember in the draft, we had Albino and Shubrato. And then uh, one was thinking that, you know, it would be either of the two. And we were actually... Okay, though Shubrato was something that was close to our heart because he's a brand by himself. And uh, but we pay, there were less defenders in the uh, central defenders that were there, and we our first pick was Anas. But uh, we knew that if I even if I lose uh, Shubrato, uh, I might get Albino. 
but then we were hoping that it doesn't happen and fortunately for me i think the other team picked up albino and i had the second round where i picked up shubhrato so that's how uh, we were very keen so we we did our by the way for preparation sake uh, me steve uh, ishfaq my uh, part uh, my colleague uh, prashant and gaurav all of us were working six nights before and doing mocks okay. with the list as, <laughs> so we were role playing as far as we are we were four five different teams and what what is and we were giving reasons as to why i'm picking that particular player okay. and uh, it really helped so if you see if you know i don't know if you've noticed it during the draft our response time was the fastest yeah we did not wait it was quick it was like anas next shubhrato next this it was as if they were waiting for us to be picked you know those kind of things so we had uh, exercise and i'm sure other clubs do that but uh, since we were based in bombay we said okay let's every evening we do a mock and you come up with your good reasons why you're picking that player and yeah. uh, it really helped i think it worked for us and that means no discussion on the table right you know that which player you want to pick next you know and uh, like other clubs so you had the list ready yeah 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 so so though we were doing a bit of discussion at some stage when you were losing the players that you wanted as first options of course it happened couple, quite a few times but you had the ready second options and you had the reasons for that second option ready uh, which was the preparedness that helped us uh, in a big way and that's why we could pick the players that we wanted uh, and that's how we had it there you know that kind of a thing so though you know, unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah. Though unfortunately Go when it came to foreign players uh, though our defense was set i think uh, what we lacked that point of time was a striker a proper striker which we missed and uh, though we had uh, belford and uh, even uh, izu azuka at some stage uh, we didn't get the kind of uh, expected delivery which they were good players in their own right uh, somehow it didn't worked so well but otherwise if you remember we were fifth on the table but uh, we still picked up the <laughs> golden glove so we were the team which conceded the least amount of goals i think probably that credit goes to the strategy in the draft also the strategy in the draft right you pick defenders and goalkeeper first you were just saying exactly 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 so it basically goes down there you know so recruitment makes a big difference okay. true so not talking about league you know since jamshedpur has come into now there is a increased competition for those top four places you know we have seen last few season they have so much uh, pressure on the, all the clubs to make it into the top four playoffs you know and now with afc sports coming to the league stage winner it's also made more important for the clubs to do very well throughout the league period so that they can finish on top and go for the champions league spot so how you see that you know as a club and as as a, as a personnel also how you see that you know the increased competition in the league since jamshedpur has come on on the board see i'll tell you competition is good and it only gets the best out of you so it will help us push ourselves all the clubs i must say not jamshedpur alone and it will only get better and the league standards or rather the quality of the play will only get better so from that perspective the competition is we welcome the competition it's best for the clubs and the indian football ecosystem per se this will also help you in terms of now that i league uh, is also playing at a certain level you have a second division you have a good structure at the bottom it will also evolve along with the isl and the sports that we are getting in afc so everything has will have implication and it will percolate downwards and overall the footballing quality see we have a we are a nation of 1.3 billion which i think uh, will work to your advantage in the years to come in next 7 years or 8 years life will be very different i think my generation has seen certain amount of football but a generation after us or two generations after this after let's say about another 10 years my son will see a different footballing country yeah. uh, in india 
than what I have been seeing in as uh, as far as growth is concerned. Fortunately for me, I would have seen it grow from what it was to what it is now. Even the journey from 160 to 100 is quite a thing as far as FIFA ranking is concerned. Uh, I'm saying that you know. Uh, I see a lot of football happening. I see a lot of traction as far as youth is concerned, and you see that change happening in the game. And one while one says this, one is not comparing with cricket. We are a country which has appetite for more than five sports, and we were one single sport country. That's because cricket brought us pride, and the way it was managed is also fantastic. There's a lot to learn from cricket and the cricket administrators. While we say this, it's important to understand that you know. Uh, there are countries which have multiple sports and all the sports are equally respected it's about you achieving that level and therefore earning that respect i think football is on the journey and that's path right now and with every year with the quality of football getting better and your prospects getting better at afc level it is only going to help you and the footballing ecosystem in india is going to evolve much more faster than we thought it would yeah and of course we can take an uh, inspiration from say australia or england who are multi sports country you of know course. and they have been not just cricket or football they have multiple sports you know and they have fan following for multiple sports and the amount of people we have our population of course we can have at least four five sports at the top level team sports so which people can follow so also talking about the uh, philosophy of jamshedpur fc of course you have steve copel english coach before but slowly the club moved towards the spanish uh philosophy getting atletico madrid on board uh, who were of course before part of the uh, atletico kolkata and they left and they came to jamshedpur so how tough or to convince who how this partnership happened and how tough was to convince to come back in isl to do something on a grassroots level not on the first team level so can you tell about this transition uh, for jamshedpur fc moving towards that uh, spanish influence so uh, honestly for us it was a good european club who understand the sport more than being spanish or english so to say if you ask me it was not the criteria that we had said that we want somebody from spain it is just that we saw uh, atletico evolving and they are a fantastic club what they have done back in their own country uh, the way they have grown in last 10 years i think their journey is amazing and uh, particularly in the youth setup what they have done uh, we were very much impressed and we thought that we physically went there we basically had inspect uh, work uh, seen through their programs and we thought it was the best club to tie up with we started with tfa and that's where we thought that you know we will hold hands we working together they were helping us with all the uh, coaches and i think they they have learned a lot from them and uh, they they continue to be our partners in terms of how we put things together so uh, because uh, of course they're coming from a evolved footballing nation they have certain knowledge in which we are learning still from them so there is a good amount of hand holding that we do with them and uh, we are progressing accordingly with uh, together so if you ask me the influence was good we were helped uh, the scoring that basically every time but there's a change in thought process in terms of what we want to achieve so there is there but that those things are only helping us as a brand and our own growth as far as football is concerned so if you ask me it has been a positive journey and it has been a positive partnership so to say going uh, so far yeah so moving from off the pitch let's put you some pressure on you now with the question Jamshedpur FC always made good team on papers you know you have good coaches good foreigners good indian players do you felt that uh, team has underperformed in previous season not made into the playoffs so how you see that you know from the behind so i'll tell you uh, of course the team has underperformed if we have not made it to the playoffs uh, that's the measure and you're playing a league you're not playing a one off game per se so you know typically that's uh, 
we all expected them to much be much higher than what it was last year was an exception though but uh, last the, the previous two seasons we were very close to being in the playoffs we were yeah. like one or two points just behind uh, i can't call it luck we should have worked harder there were lots of if you remember the second year the amount of draws that one had one was quite uh, quite amazed did the whole thing uh, in fact uh, we scored uh, if you second year when cesar ferrando was leading the team he scored 29 goals uh, which was equal to what bangalore had scored which was the champions then you know so uh, in terms of scoring you were not lagging behind you were basically only thing you conceded as many goals and you lost games at the last point which is something which you know sometimes you feel is a matter of luck sometimes it was the the referee decision but you can't blame those because this, these are things which happen with any team and club but at the same time you always lost the playoff spot on for a whisker which is something which hurt was hurting me uh, for last three seasons per se or two seasons per se because even with steve coppel when uh, wellington came in the because we didn't have a striker and we actually recruited wellington mid season that was in january uh, things changed for us drastically and we were almost there but still could not make it so uh, i would not blame the team team was doing well could have done better yes they could have done better we could have reached the playoffs yes we had the spot last year if you ask me uh, was a very exceptional year we had a fantastic team i still have to see and and see a uh, steer uh, castle was among the best players i've seen in the league so far yeah. the way he was finishing you had piti who was a number 10 the playmaker amazing amazing skills i don't see anybody parallel to him uh, and we were very very impressed now imagine uh, your best player getting injured in the fourth game <laughs> and that to a fracture and piti with his age was recovery was an issue because a fracture would keep you off for at least six weeks and the league itself being of 12 14 weeks or little more than that if you lose more than six games if you don't have your best player uh, you 33% of your and it becomes very very tough and then later noya costa who was again my best winger who got injured again a fracture castel also had a major injury or a fracture which was a twist of his like it was bad every time the players to get injured it used to hurt and lastly tiri while you were losing out on the front and then you out of nowhere you had this particular accident that happened on the field where subodos paul's knee went into uh, Uh, tiri tiri's chest and he broke his lip rib he got a rib fracture now tiri has never missed a game in last 3 seasons <laughs> and then i thought it was a disaster complete disaster i thought front to kaise we were trying to manage and now with defense collapsing i could see very because you know memo was also playing behind memo is not a pure defender yeah. but uh, he was somehow managing along with tiri uh, he was a defensive midfielder but, uh, but when i saw all that happening it was really hurting every time the players would go down i said oh god and um, yeah it's not a very easy thing because you know uh, at that point of time you actually need somebody who could give you empathy and you know empathize with you but uh, i know i've run clubs so i know how things work and uh, in many a times you get lots of advices and um, uh, more of uh, flack for the non performance on the team so you know those things happen but at the same time uh, i'm really glad that you know we uh, we could still manage in fact when tiri got injured i thought i'm going to land back bottom of the table but also of course other teams were also suffering injuries and they were going through a bad patch uh, net net uh, injuries is part of the game 
uh, it's only that it too many that happened to us two together, and that too when we were doing fairly well because in the first half of the league I was almost uh, for the first seven eight games I was on top four continuously, yeah. and I was hoping that Castle would make a comeback. I was hoping that uh, Noe could make the same impression. Somehow, with four foreigners down, life was difficult. Yeah, these are mostly contact injuries, you know, which you can't control. But do you feel that exactly. as an ecosystem, as an Indian football, we need to do a bit better on the sports science, you know, uh, which European clubs have been doing a fantastic to. job. And I don't true, see true. as much influence in Indian football. So, do you think we also need to invest heavily in the sports science? We should, and uh, just to put that point there. Uh, typically, if you I must share this, in the two years back we launched a sports high performance center, which is sports and center in Jamshedpur. So I have a because apart from football that we do, we have archery, we have uh, hockey, and we have many other sports climbing and many other elite sports which are there. Uh, whom we go there. In fact, we have a world number six para badminton player who's groomed here. So we have a lot of. Senior elite athletes who we cater to, and this high performance center set back in uh, is been you know started in Jamshedpur, uh, where we understand the importance and relevance of having a high performance center. One is to see to it that the injuries per se are reduced, so you have a prehab, and if they are injured, they have to come back on the field quicker. Because the athlete's career per se uh, will be affected big time. You and I can still be you know doing a work on the the thing, but they if they are not if the body is not with them or rather if they are injured. Their career goes for a toss, and it affects the entire experts. Uh, sorry, entire experience that, or rather, the efforts that they have put in the last four, five years, six, seven, eight years, it goes for a toss if they are not treated well. So we understand the relevance, and we started this in Jamshedpur, and um, I think that's also going to help the athletes as we go along. Also, when uh, Jamshedpur FC uh, came into ISL or Tata Steel came into ISL, uh, there were talks of you know conflicts between I League and ISL. Now ISL is AFC approved. ISL League stage champions is going to AFC Champions League this season. You know, uh, FC Goa is going to play in AFC Champions League. First Indian club uh, to became to play in the group stage of the AFC Champions League. How you see this Indian roadmap which AFC put? You know, I am sure the ISL club also gave their views to the AFC regarding the you know merger plan and the and how it has impacted club overall in the planning and structure for planning new season now that AFC approved. Is it easier to attack players now? Uh, that because of course we have a chance to play in Asia Champions League. It is, it is, it is. In fact, uh, that really helps because what have you when you're going out for uh, seeking foreign players, it makes a big difference. Even for Indian players per se, it's a big aspiration for you that you now want to play at the Asian level. That will also increase your probability. Maybe you will start playing in other countries. Maybe you start exporting players in years to come. So those that. Is the roadmap for India per se, and I think in years to come it will be it will be seen as I mentioned. It will see a different football, uh, but at the same time you can never the contribution of I League and the way it has evolved with the sport. You can never uh, deny that they have done a fantastic job, and it's just that the way uh, the sport needed the investments. Uh, not every I League team or other the ownerships could have afforded. With uh, now with uh, we have because with ISL you have scaled it up to a different level. Altogether, it was pitched at a different level. You start seeing the started seeing the audience coming back to the stadiums, which was equally critical, because uh, finally, if you don't make it a spectator sport and you don't reach out and you don't show that quality, it will get affected and you'll never be able to grow. So while you were doing a good job, it was expected to take you to the next level and next notch, which ISL did. Okay, so let's move it. 
uh yeah so talking about uh, afc roadmap now there are talks of you know starting promotion uh, promotion and relegation in the league plus 3 plus 1 foreigners how is a club jamshedpur see this you know do you think uh, bringing 3 plus 1 will be more helpful for indian football or you are fine with current 5 or 6 foreign foreign model foreigners model see uh, if you have to promote indian footballers then the 4 plus 1 or uh, 3 plus 1 model works for you because that's important for you because tomorrow if for example right now like you were speaking the other day uh, typically right now in for so go just go by the indian strikers per se we have never been able to develop strikers but because they don't get opportunity at and the game time that they need and of course there's a gap between the indian strikers and foreign strikers but everybody would prefer a foreign striker but the amount of uh, game time that the indian striker would need to evolve to that level one would never get so you would never be able to in last so many years we have not been able to do that even if we have we have jj we have few i'm not saying they are not strikers but they are not to the level and that's purely because many of them come off the bench just to fill in when the foreign striker is not of the single you're resting him or something like that so something that these are the positions that you need to develop while we are doing in many other areas uh, i think it is important that you develop each of these areas and for indian football per se if you have to play at the afc level and otherwise uh, the quality of each position and the, basically the uh, the grooming of each position is necessary and therefore uh, i think more and more players will be therefore getting an opportunity on field which will help them get better uh, with the foreigners of course the foreign comes foreigners come with a different standard we have been playing with them for so long uh it helps because there's a lot that they learn from the indian players would learn from them there's a lot of things that get transferred in terms of training and knowledge of the field as well so these things are pluses but uh, moving to 3 uh, 3 plus 1 is something that is uh, required and necessary and you will have to do it at some stage and so be it and it basically will help indian players so i think uh, it will only be uh, wise to do that now and uh, take it up further and what about promotion relegation uh, i think in next 3 or 4 season there. it will be it will be there you know yeah yeah and i think it's necessary also for the system because what happens you know then otherwise uh, you would uh, it's important because uh, if there's no relegation you might uh, at some stage get complacent yeah. at the same time there's no aspiration for the, for the bottom uh, of team to play you know bottom of team to basically grow then otherwise you will have to always have direct entries which is not the best way to go about then it's basically a rich man's game so to say but uh, it's uh, it you don't want to do it that way it will has to be a level playing field uh, i think the reason why it was uh, not there was also to first set the ecosystem yeah. right which i think we have managed very well i think i credit to isl and star for that uh now basically at some stage you'll have to induct the promotion relegation and i think in another 3 4 years you'll see that happening uh, and it's good for the system if you ask me uh, promotion and relegation will help you create that particular uh, you'll you basically keep pushing yourself and only get better as an ecosystem so i think uh, it is just wise to have that so also you know uh, now there is emphasis of traffic for afc and all the global players on the grassroots development in india and this if is coming from tata side who has been doing this for years you know more than 30 years now what are the lesson to be learned uh, in the grassroots development what we need to do better you know what what the feeling of uh, say tata football academy experience which you guys uh, learn from what do you think uh, why it is very important for us to invest time and money in the grassroots development not just on the top level say in isl or ie so can you share those lessons to the about viewers and uh, listeners see one thing is very clear that you know typically grassroots was always ignored okay and uh, 
every other coach unfortunately even the kind of salaries that we pay at the grassroots level and even otherwise these are teachers and you have to respect them uh, it is important that when you evolve a system we see to it that uh, for example when we had pfa you had more like in high school but you didn't have any primary education at all okay so that's where grassroots sets in okay uh, when it comes to uh, reserve team it is more like a college where you get exposure at the same time you also get an internship kind of a thing so you know those things were there and then you have the senior team where you actually are performing which is where you where getting get a job. job so to say yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> so one is very mindful of that and basically therefore grassroots is very critical today uh, when we were, we were talking about raw talent it need not be raw when it comes to tfa level yeah because it already has 15, to be you know, 16 14 15 16 you exactly know. and the biggest challenge there when you actually get uh, somebody inducted into tfa is uh, the biggest worry is actually getting him to unlearn what he's learned because now you're finishing him so when you're finishing him he's playing football for our 7 8 years and if that is not correct at some stage uh, you can't make him unlearn so you have your own set of challenges when he lands in tfa okay and 16 17 years or rather 15 years is maybe little late in the day but you don't have so many academies which cater to at that level so it was very yeah. critical so we said we can't keep opening academies at this level but if you educate coaches and you see to it that the school te- school pt teacher or school sports teacher is educated automatically this education will go down and that's what we took as a step at that point of time where we edu- start edit educated educating people uh, coaches rather at uh, at the grassroots level and that we take up uh, we took up as an initiative in jamshedpur and last 3 years we have managed to create almost 220 odd grassroots coaches and now we are helping them get into d license many of them have done then evolve them into c license this is something which we started 3 years back and we will see that this will you know bear its fruits as we as time goes along because people have understood the relevance and the importance of knowledge so it can be scientifically delivered at a much younger age at schools because everybody you can't go and own so many academies in life you know if you have to train uh, to get the best of people you need a larger pool at the base but then you can't open an academy which can cater to all of that but what you can do is there are already schools and there are already infrastructure which is in place and you educate them which can help you grow the school so that's what one is doing yeah and uh, i think in years to come we'll see that uh, happening and while i say this i think there are other clubs also which are doing this while we are doing this we have our own pluses uh, i think other uh, i see many of them actually investing in grassroots and at a youth level uh, which is really good matlab when i see all this i feel great saying that you know there's football schools football education per se the way iff is going about the way wefa has gone about uh, in you know uh, creating football education programs and yeah. it's just amazing yeah just to wrap this up this part you know uh, you were saying you can't teach basic or you can change the basic of footballer that when he is 15 or he is 16 you know he has already learned what he need to learn and you can just polish it at that age you know so i think it is very important that we start as early as we possible you know because in europe uh, young players start as 3 at 4 i i think we should start at 5 6 7 as possible because that's where you learn your basic so moving from grassroots tata football academy to indian super league new season appointment of oen koel came bit surprise for somebody you know what was the process uh, the qualities and departure we talk about spanish philosophy and you told us that there is no spanish philosophy it's just the way it fit everything in the, into the plan you know so how this happened you know uh, oen koel did fantastic job with chennai fc and i am sure he is a more suitors in the isl not just jamshedpur fc there were other clubs interested into it, into retain getting a service and of course chennai wanted to retain him but we are told so how this happened you know can just uh, you can tell your the fans about it 
so yeah so owen was my uh, i got in touch with owen very much early in life so when i saw him uh, growing the way he was uh, one thought that this could be the right coach for you and uh, while we were also consulting our uh, partners it was very important that uh, we get somebody who and then we see saw him take the club right from the bottom of the bottom table half. the same yeah. team which was playing yeah and right up to the finals and the man management skills that owen has i think that's unparalleled he sh- showed tremendous uh, um, tremendous mental strength as far as how he could motivate those players how he could get them to do the best and you know uh, you know how valskis was doing in the first 6 7 games and then uh, the way he was scoring later of course uh, cleveraro has also both of them they teamed up fantastically well but the man behind the whole thing getting everybody to give their best i think was over and i think we realized it much before and therefore we touched upon it much before we were sharing our thoughts and philosophy and uh, that's where it helped and he agreed to things that we were wanting to do in terms of because uh, we were always looking at developmental aspect and that development was very key to our hearts and that's where uh, it touched him also saying that you know we have our academy set up we have our own infrastructure so if you want to actually grow in football these are things that are very critical and that's what got him thinking at the same time uh, of course the brand tata is behind the whole thing so the, one explained what one wants to achieve in life and we had more we had more sync in our thoughts and uh, that worked for us and i think uh, that changed many things for me yeah and talking so, about uh, owen and the experience he has you know not just in hsl throughout the coaching experience is fantastic true, you know true 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 and it's very helpful for indian youngsters also so you got owen coel and then you got what skills also on board so <laughs> how tough was that to get you know two two person who played that important role in that uh, fine journey for challenger fc to final to grab them from the you know hands of the other clubs so how tough for you right. even how was your involvement and uh, thinking process to get both the deal over the line so it was not easy but it's about touching them in the right time also at the same time being very honest and upfront in terms of what you can do and also sharing with them that you mean business and how important sport is for you which basically we shared with both Owen Valkis and that's what helped us and not only them even with Jackie Jackie also is somebody yeah. who's done fantastically well last season for Goa yeah. and there are many more yeah and there's many more that we got on board after that i think it was uh, just to strengthen our squad and uh, we were very clear that you know what happened last year for us was unfortunate but that will not bog us down we have our eye on excellence and getting up there maybe play, playoffs is our target and beyond playoffs of course getting there in finals is something what one is looking at and therefore one was working in that direction and not it didn't start now it started in february last year a little early that that so it was important that we start preparing early getting in touch with the right people and therefore getting whatever we could and it was about doing that preparation in advance and touching upon people early because i'm sure everybody was wanting these people they would all the 10 clubs would have wanted these people Like then we could yeah, make, so, uh, you know yeah talking about the experience uh, which club has learned from last three season the recruitment style also changed i think this season you guys gave more emphasis on the people or the players or the coaches who are already in indian football you know not bringing of course you're bringing uh, players from outside but some, you you thought of thoughts on uh, getting the key players like like waskes like owen coel coach who are already have experience of, of isl was that a important criteria this season to get the win it is it is yeah it is because uh, it's important that people have perspective they know where they are coming they know what they are going to do uh, 
sometimes uh, a coach could come from outside and he may not find himself suiting himself in this environment so it's important that you first see to it that everything works right and if somebody has seen the indian footballing culture or rather the way isl is evolving it would just help him adjust himself better and fit in very well so the intention was to see to it that you get people of course you would want to encourage more and more new talent to come from outside which will happen in the due course but uh, at least the key positions it's important that they know what the system is all about yeah so i won't find it too difficult to fit in and with these preparation a global epidemic happened covid you know which has changed everything for everybody and how covid has impacted your preparation for the season that's my first question first part of the question second part is of course now there is no home and away game so isl is going to take place in goa so will the team will get impacted because no home support no crowd you know no home advantage you're playing in a state which is far from your home so how this thing has uh, overall shaped your preparation for this season and mentally is it tough for the players or coaches now to prepare for the season keeping that you're playing away uh, from home no it is difficult but i think more or less people are matured and they would accept the fact that it is for everybody and everybody realizes the fact that uh, it's important that the league happens the event takes place so uh, i think i'm sure everybody will uh, be accommodative and would not uh, uh, because uh, everybody's career is at stake okay and uh, you can't really uh, afford to uh, there are things that have gone bad in europe there are things which have gone bad across the world uh everybody seeing them watching them so i think people are tuning themselves to adjust to the new normal and uh, there are challenges of course there are challenges uh, if it's happening to me alone then it's going to be tough but it's happening to everybody around and everybody is going to be part of that bio bubble there are many restrictions on movement it's not going to be easy but it's about how you accept it and how you adapt to the situation and i think it would be not as bad when you know that it's everybody is going through that of course we'll have to be little more empathetic when it comes to players and coaches because uh, it's there'll be a good amount of man management this year but i think they would be very cooperative and supportive because they know that this is the situation everybody appreciates the situation and would want to still put in their best and see to it that you know we may still make a better season this year yeah and now just let's talk about something personal to you uh, you are the ceo of the club and what are the roles and function you are performing right now what are everyday tasks during the season off the season or you know after the season or when you preparing for new season and how you are managing club from top to bottom any of course i'm sure there are challenges any specific challenges you want to mention uh, we're talking about these things so there are lots of challenges of course but at the same time see one has been doing this for years now so yeah. one knows uh, what bit but uh, if you ask me about roles and responsibilities see uh, it's usually a small setup you don't have a very extensive company so many a times you are wearing two three hats together uh, apart from the my role as uh, ceo of jamshedpur fc i'm also the chief of sports excellence centers in jamshedpur so you have archery academy you have high performance center you have tata football academy to look after which is complementing my existing job so that's nothing to do with that because you are a sports administrator at the end of the day but when it comes to my roles and responsibilities typically yeah, right from the pnl that you are responsible for to the sponsorships everything you are supposed to look after but uh, there are challenges because you go out in the market now and you don't see uh, sponsorships happening not that yeah. it was very easy before in in sport in particular football the kind of uh, 
ROI that one would look for, it still has to happen. But this is more of an investment phase because this sport has the potential to be much larger than what it is today. Yeah. So uh, this has to be looked upon more like an investment. And uh, in coming years, the way it's growing and the way people are getting attracted to the sport, the numbers that you see at the stadium, and even otherwise getting on uh, board as far as uh, television is concerned, the kind of talent you're attracting from internationally, all of this is going to add up in their own small way. And it's going to build. It may take a little while, but it's all going to be there. Uh, until then, it's important that you try to be as efficient if you ask me, uh, in every way that you don't, that you sustain yourself well and see to it that you have a good performance and reach there. So typically the challenges are there. They will always be there, but uh, there's no fun doing things easy. Yeah. So uh, you talked about roles and function. One of the, another important role uh, or function you have not touched upon is the recruiting players, especially foreigners. And I think that is the most attractive things to the fans, you know, which they want to know uh, what is the process behind, what kind of process you follow, how you're talking to the foreigners and what kind of factors you see in the players, you know, you talk to coach or you talk to any uh, scouts or agents. So just tell us, I don't want specific, I don't want to reveal your strategy to your other ISL clubs, but just, you know, some general things which can tell. No, no, it's no rocket science. There's no secret strategy here. Uh, what you do is basically you work as a, you collaborate and work together as a team. So there's coach, there's assistant coach, there are Indian coaches. We all sit together and evaluate players. Then you have an analyst, you have my team manager. We are in regular touch. And if you ask me, this year we touched upon close, close to almost 700 foreign players before shortlisting players. Not everybody would want to come to India. The yeah. numbers, the way they are growing as far as COVID is concerned. You might want somebody, he may not want to come to you, but you have to touch upon him, the dialogue, the amount of discussions that go on. He may say no. So you will at least touch 300 people out of which you have to pick seven. And there are times when, you know, you're actually speaking to somebody and uh, he would say he would be in a different time zone. Just an anecdote. He would tell you that he's just walking out of the gym and you're it's 12 o'clock in your country and he's walking out of the gym and says, you know, can you call me after 15, 20 minutes or half an hour? I'll just connect with you. And uh, you don't have a choice, but you can't tell him that, you know, and it's 12, 12.30 right now. And I might take a little, uh, okay, is it that we can have quick two minutes? Because uh, you just want him to be more comfortable when he's speaking to you. So you wait till 1 o'clock, 1.15 and you message him, hey, can we connect now? And he says, yeah, give me 15 more minutes. And, uh, <laughs> That's already 2 in the night. And, in the the and then you speak to him at 2 o'clock in the night as fresh as if you wanted him yesterday. <laughs> and you know, as you, but the thing is, uh, it works. And uh, all this thing pays off at some stage because when you have that player coming down and performing for you, it makes a big difference. But uh, as a process, what we follow is uh, we have a lot of analysis that we do. We see to it his performance in the past and uh, look at him in many, we go through the videos. We have our own opinions. We do our discussions. So when we do this, basically uh, everybody puts forth their own thoughts as to why he wants him, why he doesn't want him, uh, whatever reason. Then there's always a salary cap that you work on. So there might be lots of players that you like, but you know when you're supposed to fit in all those seven in that particular uh, fee point, then you are working backwards again. Then there could be some compromises you want to do someplace, but then you want to push that guy and figure out whether he agrees for the number that you want him to now agree. And this entire process is almost quite long and exhaustive. You rightly put the question, this is very exhaustive process of recruitment. Particularly if you have the involvement in, along with the coach and everybody discussing it together and uh, not leaving it to luck. 
so you have to go through this and i'm really happy we did all of that and uh, i'm glad that my entire team which was working with me uh, managed to do that uh, and we were very patient fortunately we had a little more time because owen uh, though we announced his signing a little later yeah, but uh, was on board and uh, last 3 4 months one has been doing this on a regular basis to arrive at what we have arrived today so it's been good it's been good so as you know we break lots of transfer stories exclusive you know uh, way before club announced it owen we also did it i think when you get signed but you did not announce so we break the story so fans do come to me you know personal chats email messages and they keep on asking i keep on telling them recruitment take times you know it is not easy that i like this player and it is done it's not that simple you know there are lots of factor which you have to consider before signing player you know and then they keep on asking who are the player club are speaking to you know i said i can't tell the name you know because we don't want to Uh, hammer the negotiation between club and the players, you know, because the other party is interested. So we don't want to leak those stuff, and we make sure we when we make the reports or when we uh, do the stuff is that club has settled for some kind of deal with the player. So fans they are desperate for the news, you know, but sometimes we have to also uh, maintain the balance of that. So you know now moving from this, uh, moving to Tata Steel and the sports, I will ask you one question. You have been working with Tata Group before Jamshedpur happened. so is this uh, past experience handling the other sports in tata group has helped you while working for jamshedpur fc of course of course because see you working with the ecosystem and you're not alone you have uh, people who work along with you you have the entire corporate services division that is there and uh, you have managed to be uh, basically you have made your own uh, impact you are basically liaisoning with all of them because this is a, at the end of the day a team effort right from the infrastructure that you see coming up to uh, what you do back uh, in the mode administration when it comes to the team management per se everything you are basically liaisoning you are relying uh, basically uh, there's a good amount of uh, even resource sharing that happens be it hr be it uh, finance so all this helps and i think it helped me that i came here a little before uh, so it basically ha- i had already have some kind of relationships and i know a little bit about how the system works and i could marry it very well so uh, and of course because of the kind of culture that you have here everybody is very supportive and they understand that uh, what you need why you asking this why you are basically doing this because you already have built a rapport over a period at the same time uh, there's a bit of trust as to why these are needed and of course the way tata group is uh, inclined towards sports uh they are very much forthcoming to all these thoughts so i think it all helped but uh, coming in early working on the other projects and then jamshedpur happening i if you ask me it really helped uh, did you thought when joining tfa that jamshedpur happened you know have these thoughts any not really not 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 really not really not really in fact uh, when we when i came in here there was one of the things that was on my agenda or other was told to me that we will step into and uh, second division we'll start our second division club and that's when i spoke to the management and i said ke uh, then you will have to recruit the right kind of players they said nahi we'll go with all tfa players it was more like an indian arrows philosophy yeah, yeah. but i said no no it won't work because you know if you want to perform uh, it may not need not work the way we want it to be and every time you would lose uh, because these are young players they need certain amount of exposure so you can't rely only on tfa boys of course you will give preference to them but you will need some talent that we need recruit from outside and that means a little bit of cost which so they thought for a while and they said no it was more to give exposure for cadets from here so that they are better equipped when they go out in the market later 
so the recruitment process at the same time the, the competitive exposure is an issue which we not need to address through this so i said uh, then it uh, may not work well because at the same time while you the thought is right worry is that if you don't perform well it might uh, any which way have a impact on the players because you because you are also all said and done this is a tata team so you want to perform at a level and you want to invest in something which you have because finally it will be out of press everything which will impact you and our thoughts as we go along so it's important that we do it right you might have even if we don't choose foreigners you might have to take a lot of indian talent on board which may be from outside and not everybody who's passed out from tfa would want to come back to tfa yeah. uh, because we have a team here because uh, of course because there are there are monies which are there there are commercials which are there there are lots of things there are variables they might have uh, feelings towards us but when it comes to commercials uh, they why they have to take the rational and wise decision because their career span is 10 to 12 years and you have to make best out of it so you know uh, so those things are there there are lots of variables and i think uh, when i came in here i was not aware but when it happened one was ready yeah so you know this touching on tata steel and other sports uh, we have this research around it and we find out that tata steel has been supporting 18 disciplines in grd uh, tata sports complex i this might be the outdated information i'm not sure so what about uh, tata aspiration for india's movement for olympic sports you know uh, medal hold for for how many athletes you're training are there anybody going to tokyo olympics so you know just share the these stuff what tata steel is doing in other sports right. right so i'll just share typically what you know uh, though we have 18 different disciplines i think jrd uh, sports complex per se is one of the most best utilized sports facilities in the country uh, going by my experience of all the facilities that i visited so far then quite a bit of uh, moving around uh, you have close to 3000 odd kids 2500 to 3000 kids every evening here training across sports be it uh, horse riding to boxing from chess to archery and everything in between so basketball there's volleyball and so many more uh, the point that one is trying to make is uh, there are excellent sports and there is a sports that would otherwise be engaging in which is more from training center point of view so when it comes to excellent centers you have hockey football and archery these are the three sports which have been identified archery more because archery football and hockey all these things the three areas uh, basically where you have a lot of local talent here and which we want to basically leverage at the same time uh, we see a lot of potential in that hockey is just started in 2017 and it will go the football uh, the tata football academy way in time to come so we will have lots of players we already have one year and we also won bhubneshwar which is for girls which yeah. is a naval tata hockey academy so these are things which are happening these initiatives are there uh, just coming back to archery where actually is an olympic sport and where we have a better standing last rio olympics out of the four who represented india three were products of tata archery academy So when you talk about excellence, that's the level that one is talking about. Uh, right now, there are two potential uh, archers who would make it to the Olympics. We are hoping that uh, they would make it. Deepika Kumari and Antanu Das both India one number one in, in women and India one in number uh, men's is from Tata Archery Academy. And both these guys, I think one of them, uh, both of them have the potential for a medal in Olympics. So we will be only proud uh, when it happens. There are many archers that one has produced, and I'm sure. this year again we stand a chance last year also we almost get got there uh, deepika in fact uh, just uh, we uh, we were in olympics in august and in month of may she had equaled the world uh, world record she's also been world number one cadet at once upon a time yeah, so, so those kind of so, so that time she was number one you know 
right, right. And so she she has had a fantastic journey. There are many more. We have fantastic coaches right here. We have a Korean coach who's actually grooming our boys here, Mr. Lim, who's been a national coach for many countries. So we are investing. Well, if it comes to hockey, we have Floris Bovalander, uh, the Holland legend, Netherlands legend, and captain once upon a time, guiding us for that venture. So we have invested with the right people to get the right kind of knowledge and understanding of the sport to take it to the level that we want to take it. And international medals is what one is seeking. And that's where we want to peg it. So while other sports are there and we are other sports when I'm talking about because of the infrastructure and again, the kind of infrastructure in terms of coaching and otherwise, uh, they perform very well at the national and uh, state and national levels, which I think is a very important thing for any state. And uh, all of this is actually more about our founder's philosophy, which has populated down because you know, when the city was formed, uh, I think Mr. Jayan Tata had written to his son, Dorab Tata, who actually was instrumental in building this plant city and everything uh, to ensure that there are open spaces for football, hockey and other sports among many other things that were supposed to be done in the city. The city was built with sports in mind. And uh, though I'm born and brought up in Mumbai, uh, when I came here, when you look out of the window and even otherwise, it's a very health-conscious, sports-loving uh, city. You have at least 70-60% of the people doing morning walks and jogs every morning. Now, that's the number I'm talking about, you know. If there are 100 people, just imagine 60 running in the morning <laughs> or 40 yeah. running in the morning and jogging and walking, you know, on a continuous basis. This is something that you rarely see. Uh, in I think it's a part of the small town culture, you know, not the big cities, metro culture, small town, everybody, I come from a small town, you know, so I understand everybody wake up around five or six in the morning and they like to do go for a morning walk. So you touch upon your leadership. Uh, We know that, you know, uh, Mr. Ratan Tata has, has a very important role on the, how Tata Football Academy has grown throughout the years. How much uh, interest has taken into the, uh, you know, since Jamshedpur has uh, has arrived in uh, arrived in Indian football, so what is you know his interest level on the Jamshedpur FC development? See, uh, it's very high. In fact, uh, he had visited us uh, in 2017 when we had launched. In fact, uh, there was a uh, I mean, greeted that the team got an opportunity to meet with him. Of course, with his age right now, he's not moving so much. But uh, what happens is. Uh, his, uh, without his blessings, things would not happen. So yeah. he's very much in the know and uh, the way we are doing things. I think uh, it's his leadership and his thought process that has helped us be where we are. And of course, uh, the leadership, which is uh, right from our chairman otherwise, I think things are working right for us. So if you know, apart from football, the way we have invested in runs, the way we have uh, worked on many other things, I think uh, our chairman is very keen to see to it that the sports is going to be the next big thing in India. And that's how one is taking interest and, you know, doing his investments. Yeah. We're talking about investment. There are lots of foreign investment which is coming into Indian football. We have seen City Group taking over Mumbai City FC. There are talks of other ISL clubs are in talks with the foreign investor. And then you have somebody like Ratan Tata's group, you know, Tata Group who has already invested into the ISL. So that also gave to the, you know, uh, who are selling their, say, club or stake. It's that somebody as big as Mr. Ratan Tata is interested in Indian football, you know. So let's talk about a little bit of these foreign clubs who are trying to come into Indian football to invest or foreign group like City Group. I know there are at least three or four ISL clubs who are talking to various investors in Europe. So are there, what are the key hurdles uh, to get these investors on board? You know, we have worked with Mumbai FC before to so understand this, you know, come from uh, a long experience 
of managing football clubs in india uh see i'll tell you typically it only goes to say that uh, you as a you are getting a little more attractive as a footballing nation and the very fact that you have europeans coming here once upon a time indian population was looked upon as a negative today it's your biggest positive you have so much of educated population and consumer base which is there uh, which could you know typically take up the entire europe and little bit of latin america and put together and still you would not match up with the indian population so that's the consumer base one is talking about you know so uh, it is a very attractive place and uh, they are obviously coming here for the right reason it's a rational decision it is not because they want to promote their team alone uh, they want to promote their team because they know that they would actually get that kind of uh, returns in the in the bargain because india is a very big uh, influence as far as these things are concerned and we have good migratory population which is there in other countries as well so that's why we see a lot of people with indian origin in various important bureaucratic bureaucracy uh, basically in political scenarios in other countries as well so there is a big uh, change that is happening in the system and fortunately for us if football is growing people would come to you only if you are doing well and uh, this is a good sign so i think if they are investing it's investing for the right reason and they obviously see benefits in it therefore they are investing so i think uh, it's a very rational and a very positive uh, thing to happen uh, maybe 10 years back if you would speak to a european country and speak to them or uh, european club they would speak to you in a different language they are now opened up and speak to you in a different tone and language now uh, that's a distance that we have traveled and uh, like you rightly said there are so many clubs which are now interested to come to india i think it talks volumes about how attractive football is getting in india yeah so just one kind of personal question you come from western india has been part of wifa in maharashtra football for a while now there is mumbai city fc but there are no club in pune or mumbai who's playing in i league so there are several clubs in last 10 years or 15 years who has shut down in in western india you know we all remember pune fc's rise in indian football in 2008 that was a fresh breath of thing happening in indian football the amount of work they did, they did in grassroots level at that time it was not much heard of so what are your thoughts on this you know and why it is very important that as a indian football community we need to take care of you know we need to you know get the western india also on board on the train not leave them behind you know city like kolhapur which is crazy for football and you i'm sure uh, know more than me because you were part of mumbai fc when they used to play in kolhapur so little bit thoughts about uh, about this thing you know how this is going right now see if you ask me typically what you're saying is right it's not good to see or whatever has happened in the western region be it mahindra united if you ask me the best club that was there then point of time was mahindra united which has done great work led ongc air india also which was doing fairly well uh, but this, they didn't fit in the afc norms because you can't be a company or uh, it has to be a separate entity and they had their own share share challenges pune fc of course this mumbai fc which was again these were two were corporate clubs which came in yeah. and we thought it was a fresh breath as you last rightly said uh, in fact we uh, mumbai fc qualified in the first year itself became the champions of the second division so we were actually on the good growth so map at that point of time and uh, then you had dempo salgaukar as well which is uh, not uh, in churchill brothers of course they are attached with the sport in some manner but they were at the highest level at that point of time uh, what i feel is um, it's about getting realigned recalibrated and these people who are there with the sport will be with the sport again 
yeah it's matter of uh, getting that calibration right uh, you have new people new clubs which have come into the fold new investors who have come into the fold while you have many who have left you have many many who have come in so right now the number of registered clubs are much more than what used to used to be once upon a time uh, you have kerala which has got ignited big time i think that's a fantastic example for everybody to see uh, where people are waiting and thirsty and hungry for a club to happen and now that they have a club the amount of following that you see there so you know these are things which will happen in, in many other places uh, one could have never imagined gujarat getting ignited this a uh, big footballing community in gujarat yeah which is growing in last few one one because just because we don't have a club there we feel that hey gujarat is nothing it's is a land of businessmen not really gujarat is doing a fantastic job on football go to mp mp there's football. there's no footballing club there mind you yeah, yeah. but you have but i'm telling talking about the highest level it is good amount of football happening there so these are things which are below the radar but there's good amount of footballing culture which is growing and uh, it will in with time to come it will just show its show its uh, show itself uh, so there's a lot of just imagine jammu and kashmir shillong lajong entire northeast once upon a time we didn't have so many clubs from there there were local clubs which were there but they all doing well they basically there is recognition there is good amount when we we have a good uh, we have tata trust which does some work back in northeast and yeah. particularly in mizoram as well and one realizes that you know there is a good amount of uh, number and following that has happened people are actually uh, spending time and basically i see this sport at a different level in next 5 7 years and uh, trust me uh, though you might be talking about only isl for 11 clubs the potential in india is much 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 bigger and the investments will happen the right kind of it's about as i said re- getting realigned and recalibrated and i see uh, the western india getting reignited again and uh, uh, mumbai city is doing a good job there'll be something happening in pune as well see there are challenges which each of these clubs you know have uh, infrastructure in big cities is not easy i've been there i know it uh, getting a stadium getting things real estate is not at uh, as easy as what we think it is uh, having said that apart from real estate it's also about the way the sport is right now it still will take a while for it to turn positive and then we are still in the investment phase but when this investment phase moves into what right now ipl is into ipl also took almost 7 8 years to turn positive while some of the clubs were making money then not many cricket teams were making money they were not breaking even but it happened little late so now this is your richest cousin <laughs> cricket if he is going through that phase and now cricket is more or less settled and they are doing pretty well they are aligned i think it will happen to football though the relative investment is much lower in football it will happen it's matter of time i've seen it happen and we've seen it happening in other countries india is no exception exception and with the kind of audience and uh, stuff that you have i think it will just change see with the just to give you a small example uh, i come from entertainment industry so i understand the satellite distribution uh, sorry the channel distribution and stuff because i worked with 10 i worked with z and typically once upon a time when we had cable tv once upon a time if you remember uh, you had a lot of gray areas where you would have 100 connection but the cable wala will tell five to his uh, channel owner and accordingly pay monies to them and the even we would subscribe that cost about 80 rupees 100 rupees per month so the money per se into television and software never is to go there yeah. it is to get distributed in between in the system with uh, satellite television like dish 
sky uh, tata sky and others coming in you know the exact number of connections you know the exact number of numbers that you're reaching out everything is getting more 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 and more regulated so to say now this money is flowing back into the system in a more appropriate manner with this kind of revenues coming into the system right the broadcasters have become stronger if the broadcast becomes stronger the broadcaster will wherever he invest he would invest with that in mind and then it becomes more of a rational decision for him to decide whether he wants to invest in football whether he wants to invest in kabaddi whether he wants to invest in this thing and see to it how they take it to that level because now he has that exact number and the money is coming in and the popularity is measured rightfully okay so now the amount of money that are flowing into the sport is much more than what it used to be once upon a time because the right numbers were never there, never there now the subscription fee is a biggest earner for a broadcaster and the entertainment industry per se now that is going to the right hands and now that is getting redistributed with the teams and the clubs and finally to the grassroots player who's there it's impacting yeah so all this matters and i think therefore we have a lot of correction that is happening in the system and therefore you would see a lot of change in the coming years which i see it as a big plus for indian uh, sporting uh, culture per se so i think uh, in time to come i'm just waiting for those days to happen let's hope this uh, in the next 7 to 8 years india will be a biggest uh, or one of the big uh, footballing or other sporting nation just before we move ahead uh, when we talk about maharashtra i mean we talk about pune and bombay uh, one city or one place which goes under radar is kolhapur i i know i touched before i just want to uh, hear from you so that people can know and who might be interested to come into indian football what you think about uh, you know it's not even a proper city kolhapur you know i have heard lots of stories i've seen mumbai fc playing there i've seen indian women's team team playing there i heard from lots of people people are crazy for football there so can you tell the viewers and listeners you know of your experience working in kolhapur playing i league matches there with mumbai fc see kolhapur is again a unique city it is a sports loving city you have lots of athletes who have come from there uh, be it wrestling be it uh, many other sports and uh, it is something which is uh, actually uh, in the dna of the city where they love sports and love cheering for the sport and competition is something that they look forward to so this is something uh, which is very good for any sport to flourish so even if uh, wrestling is big in kolhapur satara that region if you if you know and uh, once upon a time there were lots of local tournaments and matches which used to take place be it a bullock cart race for for example and yeah. many many other things apart from the those but having said that typically uh, football has its own charm uh, you have lots of uh, you have, basically it's a sport loving city and therefore it will follow every sport and competition that they would want to get their opportunity or wherever they wherever whichever opportunity they would get so of course it's a potent place but like kolhapur you have many other cities which are there you know britishers portuguese french all entered from the coastal sides and you have the entire belt of tamil nadu kerala which has fantastic footballing talent untapped okay susairaj is a big example yeah now there are many such susairajs in many this many of these places and uh, football is very much ingrained into these systems because of the culture that has been passed on from ages and there have this fisherman community which has been playing footballs and you imagine the length of a coastal line coastline it is tremendous and this entire coastline you will find some footballing or the other happening and they play on sand the level is very different it's like brazilian they are exactly football on sand 
Exactly, exactly. And trust me, it is very different. Life is going to be, uh, but there's so many places to be tapped. And uh, there's the big, when I'm saying it, I'm saying it in under, um, in a positive manner. There's big underbelly of football, <laughs> which we'll see in time to come. Because now with uh, the ISL, the way it is getting popular, we are reaching many more states. Once upon a time, even I League, for that matter, was played in West and East. Yeah. Now it's spread out. Now it's spread out. So there's a journey that we have traveled. Things have happened for us. It's only going to get better. The television numbers are getting better. Everything, the reach is getting better. You are getting players from far, far, far regions which were not there. These are role models in their own back city back home. So you're igniting many other smaller locations where football is a culture. All these things will all add up and they will basically bear fruits in year to come. So I'm, yeah. it's a matter of time. And uh, I think uh, it's still something which is more not visible so much to many people because I'm in the industry, I can still see it. But uh, when you speak to players, when you speak to many others who come from remote places and you ask them, hey, uh, is there a football infrastructure in your place? And he says, yes, sir, our country's land is But uh, any given point of time, we have we fight over time slots because we play 17 people on one side and we still play because you know, we have so many people to play. And, uh, but we play and it's fun to watch and, you know, do this. Then we have created five-a-side grounds. And then you know that, you know, this remote village, which you've never heard of, has so much of footballing culture in that place. And this particular boy has come from there. And he's made it to the national level. So, you know, all those things are very inspiring. And then you know that there's much more than what you can, your kind of eye can see. So, I think... Uh, there's a lot of lot of things to happen um, yeah. in time to come. So you touch upon Michael Susira, you know, he is a big example that we need club at the top level, but we need somebody to find the Michael Susira on the you know, various village level also. So we need clubs, we need more club for sure. So let's move ahead from the club, football and everything. Let's talk about the fan culture in India. And with the ISL coming up, there are lots of fan clubs who have every, now every football club have their own fan clubs. So can you... Uh, uh, speak about it and also how fan club be, be more constructive can help clubs to do better? Uh, see, I'll tell you, typically it has a big influence on the entire overall ecosystem and the culture because when you have a fan, it basically is that much more motivating for the player. Just imagine right now we are going to play without audience in the stadium. We are watching the European games right yeah. now. Uh, when you have that cheer happening and last 15 minutes when you actually need that boost, many of the players are actually uh, I mentioned that in the, when you do a turnaround, it's sometimes when the sit, fans sitting in the audience who basically is shouting your name, yes, we can do it. And then there's a turnaround and you basically make a comeback and the team which is losing 2-0 is suddenly 3-1 and sorry, some wins 2-3. Is something that, you know, is only fans can do. And that is the importance and relevance because, you know, it keeps the player and athlete going even when the match is not on. There's a lot of engagement that we see in social media and otherwise. All this is motivating the player, helping the player. Uh, he feels important, relevant. And when he sees his own following, he also feels that uh, he has to meet up with certain expectations. There's a certain amount of pressure. See, there, while we say pressure in a negative way, there's an importance and relevance of essential pressure because if you don't have that kind of pressure you may not be able to deliver while you have to go in a free flow and do that uh, you also sometimes feel obligated that hey what will my fans feel about me if I don't uh, get this right and therefore you want to do that right so it's basically the fan in your mind that 
pushes you times so it makes a big difference and i think uh, our indian fans are just amazing and if you ask me about jamshedpur fans they are wonderful they are yeah. they are out of the world i think red miners has been with us and the way they have been working i think uh, there's no words to describe them we just say fantastic yeah so just coming on them also right so when we got on your boat so we reach out to them and our fan also who sent some questions and jamshedpur fc fans and the red miners have sent some questions which i have picked on you know which are unique to whatever you uh, speak till now which whichever you spoke till now so let me ask these are from red miners by the way so i'm mentioning that so there is one question about jamshedpur uh, planning to field women's team in indian women's league because there's a huge boost in the women's football in india now what are jamshedpur fc plan for the women's football so uh, typically i'll tell you what it's part of our criteria and keeping that in mind one is actually helping certain uh, teams here uh, but we have not launched a team per se we are just 3 years old we are getting a act right as far as all the other things are concerned jamshedpur uh, typically is more or less run by tata steel and the jsa league that i was mentioning before uh, i think we are among the few leagues which actually has a women's league yeah uh, running and uh, we are promoting women's football in a big way it's on our minds it's a afc criteria we need to fulfill we have uh, it's a type c criteria but in going coming years it will become b and a as we go along uh, we will take steps in that direction of course it's on our mind uh, i may not be able to give a date to it because uh, but at the same time it's on our mind uh, we have already made take step in steps in the direction where we have been working with some of the girls which you know uh, who are playing and we have encouraging them to play football in fact my soccer schools where we have almost 3000 odd kids which are there uh, we have almost uh, over 10% girl child who are playing football which is very pleasant to see uh, at the age of 7 8 10 15 you know it's basically nice to see the small kids and particularly girls who are playing there and you want to encourage more and more such players so in time to come it would be there uh, we will have our own team but it's matter of time i, I can't put a date to it as i said but uh, since it's a part of the afc criteria also so it's uh, so it's an it's something that we have to fulfill at the same time uh, even if it had not been in the criteria we would have still done it but uh, as you know we have to take steps as we go along and uh, we will do that so another question from the red miner side uh, are club planning to promote a few players from reserve squads like you did earlier with uh, the earlier uh, last season you know in mid season you promoted some player from the reserve squads so should fans get excited about some local talent coming up from the reserve squad to the main squad for this season uh see i would not put that pressure on the coach uh, yeah. it would typically you want your team to perform of course you will give opportunity to your reserve squad and try to see there are players who actually there sandeep mandi who are not even part of reserves he moved from pfa to directly to the senior team yeah so when it encourages when it's about encouraging uh, young talent we are right up there and fortunate for us that we have pfa system which was there and we have uh, not everybody in this isl uh, has a reserve team but we have a reserve team so these are steps that we have taken and uh, of course that is started with the intention that you give opportunity to them for them to actually move up the ladder and be part of the senior team uh, so they could be i can't really of say course, whether it will you happen you can't take the name you have all of course but at the same time uh, it is something which is on our minds and the reserve squad is being started with that intention so the purpose of the reserve squad is actually to be reserves to the senior team so you have talent available for you whenever you want them and if there's some need that you need to fill in of course uh, the gap is something which you don't they only get better with exposure so they play second division and represent us as a club team so we will continue to do that let's see 
yeah so this another question is that how is the club planning to minimize the club fan bridge to involve and increase more fan engagement in the state not just in jamshedpur but say whole jharkhand so uh, the question is right it's only that uh, it's always good that you first have a good base in the city that you are in and uh, fortunately for us the city has been uh, very very cooperative and uh, they are, uh, basically has been showing very very encouraging uh, numbers when they come to the stadium and otherwise uh, while we do this uh, when you have a good base here obviously yeah, other towns in the state get uh, this activity has been spoken about in other cities and towns and when you go there basically all the other minds so of course there are other cities in this state which will people will go to uh, we are already speaking to some people but uh, it's again like like i said we are just 3 years old and we are also getting our feet firm on the ground there are many things we learned during this period we are also speaking to it's also about setting up that infrastructure it's not that uh, we want to do it half heartedly and we have to do it in the right manner when we do it so uh, of course if i have to set up something like back in ranchi dhanbad or mukaro i have to see to it that it has been done in the right manner so you have to train the coaches you have to see to it that the system is right and then roll it out so these are there on cards one is working on it uh, and one will have more presence across the state in time to come yeah so uh, just last question uh, from the fan side uh, you have a lots of youngsters fifa under 17 world cup star like amarjeet narendra and bunch of indian youngsters already on your roster uh, what is the plan with these players that to make sure that they are the uh, part of the long term future of the club and also another question on this that uh, what do you think are the key objective of the club say in next couple of years see the key objective is of course to play afc uh and that's the aspiration that one has and uh, therefore uh, one is working in that direction young talent is what we have been investing in always and uh, right from jerry which had happened to many others who have played with us uh, we have been encouraging more and more young players and tfa is something that we are very keen on seeing to it that they come into reserves so you have an entire pathway you working on grassroots you have a tfa which is the residential academy which works at the finishing school then you have a reserve team that they move on to and then you have a senior team so you have created an entire pathway in last two and a half three years that itself is a big uh, sign of you know seeing to it that you have a proper supply chain when it comes to players having said that typically young players the reason why one has done this forward and backward integration is just to ensure that you have young talent coming to the system and that to you basically create that young talent you basically uh, groom that young talent on your own and that's why uh, it only talks about that uh, tomorrow even now as we speak there are 10 boys from fresh graduates who have come from tfa who are inducted into the reserves this season so these are things that are happening and i think we have an advantage over other clubs when it comes to young talent producing young talents yeah so let's wrap this up i am just want to give you uh, some time a message which you want to send to jamshedpur fc fans red miners and everybody watching it's between you and your fans now if you have any message please give uh yeah this year is a special year and uh, honestly we will miss our fans big time but uh, more importantly they have been fantastic support system for the club all the while beat on the field off the field even when we are doing a grassroots program we have our fans right there and uh, i think we share a very very good bond and uh, the i've seen been seeing a lot of encouraging response on the, all the social media handles from all the kind of team they have been supporting the way they are happy with the team i'm i'm hoping that uh, we meet up with the expectation this year and uh, trust me we have put a very good strong squad and we will actually do much better than what you thought uh, what 
we promise you it will be you it's for time to see what we do but uh, yes it's going to be special year we are going to miss you big time because uh, no audience and uh, whatever effect that you would to have i think that used to make a big difference to us when the team was playing and every member of the team used to have that in their minds ki boss uh, i have a big fan base that i have to live up to which uh, they used to they always would respect and would know look forward to you but i'm sure that you know even with this you will be watching us cheering for us from wherever you are and seeing to it that uh, everywhere in social media wherever you get an opportunity you will be with your team always so we'll jamke khelenge this year and uh, we want jamke support from you thanks a lot a big thank you to you mukul for making time from your undoubtedly very busy schedule to join us today for this you know this podcast and uh, to everybody who's listening and watching don't forget you can listen to all the episode of beyond the score podcast on your listener on spotify itunes jio saavn gana google podcast and all other major platform you can also catch them in video form on our youtube channel kelnow tv until next time this is your host ashish negi signing off thank you